And so she engaged, and uh, it was a pretty good fight. It was actually a lot of uh, inside fighting, and uh, she was just a ha- she just had the quicker hands. I agree. It was a uh, entertaining fight, probably. Mm, I wouldn't say the most entertaining Tanisha Strata fight that I've seen because I think the one against Mandy Flo- uh, Mandy Fuentes was slightly a little bit more uh, entertaining, or at least a little bit more drama filled because. Sinez Estrada in that fight, which was last year at the same venue, uh, found herself on the mat. She actually went down for the only time in her career. So I think that maybe that one was a little bit more entertaining. There were a little bit more exchanges. Maybe she forgot to box a little bit in that fight against Mandy Fuentes. But this one was uh, entertaining as well. But And by the things that you said, David, that – Although I do believe that Sinez Estrada won this fight, I don't believe that it was such a dominating performance to uh, to deserve an 80-72 three times. I think that Osorio in the second half of the fight should have at least deserved one round or maybe two. Maybe on not all three judges, but maybe on two of the judges. Why not? I didn't give her a run. It's you funny, gave but her one round? Give the other girl a run. Oh, I you didn't give her, her any round? Okay, because I think no, that it was, kind it was of... like it was like every round there was rounds that were very very close, but it was just she just missed too many punches. Okay, so there we have it. Inez Estrada staying undefeated and putting on a, a a great performance in her first fight card under the Golden Boy banner and the first fight card ever headlined by a female fighter under the Golden Boy banner on Friday, yeah, March 16th. Yes, on the same night on the on the on March 16th from Remington Park in Oklahoma, Oklahoma, Oklahoma City, uh, sorry, Oklahoma, Emma Cozen scored a fifth round TKO over Eva Bajic in a 10 rounder for the vacant Global Boxing Council and WIBA 160 pound title. The official time was three minutes, so more more it was like she retired at the stool. She didn't want to come out for the sixth round. Uh, this. Eva Bajic. And the reason that this is somewhat noteworthy is because Emma Cozy now jumps, I believe, to 14-0 and 0 at, in the middleweight division. So 13-0, and 0, I'm sorry. She's called the princess. She's originally from Slovenia, only 19 years old, southpaw, 5 feet, 8.5 inches, 13 wins, 8, by the way, of knockout. And this fight was her first in the United States. So the reason that I that I mention it and the reason that we're talking about it here, even though it wasn't televised and she's not with a big time promoter or anything like that, she has she just won a couple of fringe titles, but she's 13 and 0, and on paper at least she should be a a viable opponent for not only Christina Hammer, who is the current WBO and WBC middleweight champion, but also Clarissa Shields, who it's no secret that she is moving down to the 160-pound division to challenge at one point Christina Hammer. So I wouldn't doubt that maybe by the end of the year, we see one of the two facing this Emma Cozen, David. Well, maybe even next month. I, I heard that uh, Clarissa is having problems finding an opponent. Nobody wants to fight her. So mm-hmm. perhaps we could get this girl in with uh, Clarissa next month, or actually in May, May 11th, I think. The, yeah, they the changed the, uh, change the date. So, we'll see, but then they still have to find an opponent for Christina Hammer as well, which we know that she was scheduled to fight 
in was it March when it was that fight card that was supposed to be Clarissa yeah. Shields was in February. Uh, I I think it was March. I'm not positive. It was March, but we ended up having uh, Lisa Garland. Fi- fi- actually, no, Lisa Garland was ready to fight. The one that fell out was Christina Hammer because she couldn't secure her work visa in the United States. Exactly. Now, exactly. moving on to Saturday, March 17th, from the Commerce Casino in Commerce, California. This is what they call a club show, but it was a very entertaining one. Where in the main event, we saw East LA's very popular. And very impressive, David, as Eliza Reese going up, uh, uh, I want to know, what do we call it? A devastating, devastating second-round knockout over, yeah, over Brenda Enriquez in a Schedule 4 rounder at 115 pounds. The official time was 53 seconds. And, David, you had mentioned, uh, mentioned as Eliza Reese to me, if you have a chance that you follow our channel, you listen to our face-to-face that we had with her, and we talked a little bit about her in our last episode where she uh, started a family around 19 years old and left boxing for 10 years and came back. And in that interview that she gave us about a month and a half ago, two months, she mentions that she didn't want to get to the age where she would have to say, what if, what would have happened if I would have never retired from amateur boxing and I wouldn't gone pro? She does it at 28 years old. She's now... I think three and zero, and David, I was four and zero, and I was scoring her first knockout of her professional career, and I was very impressed. I mean, Brendan Reese, even though Reese was obviously more skilled and more experienced, Brenda Enriquez wasn't a cupcake. I mean, she was there to fight, and and when it was time to exchange, she didn't take a step back. She threw punches right there with Adelaide Reese. The only problem is that Reese La Cobra, her Punches got there harder, and they got there faster, and that left hook got there fast and hard and put her to sleep. Yeah, it was a, it was a spectacular knockout. I mean, that left hook came out of nowhere, and it just, I mean, when it hit her, you knew it was over. I mean, there was no yes. doubt. There was over. no point of counting or anything like that. Now, um. Adelaide Reyes, even though she's 4-0, she shows a lot of poise. She lo- she shows a lot of experience. She doesn't rush. Um, you could tell that she's trying to work on her game plan in there. She was looking for certain punches. She was trying to set traps, which is not something that you see that often from a male or female fighter with only four fights under their their um, their belt. And I saw that from Adelaide Reyes. She's trying to set the trap. She was trying to have Brenda fall into this trap. Yeah. I believe she's coming back at the end of next month of April, coming back to the Commerce Casino, casino where she's a ticket seller. And uh, it's a great show. I mean, you, a lot of action. Uh, you get to see some stars there. Abel Sanchez was in the house. Frank Stallone, the brother of Sylvester Stallone, was there. We saw John Molina there. Uh, the former champion, Cindy Amador, was there. Paul Banks was there. Uh, there was a bunch of people there, and it was a great time. So if you're in the L.A. area, you have a chance to go see Adelaida Reese fight, I would strongly suggest it. Yeah, she's one of those uh, street legends. Uh, I mean, I had heard about her for many, many years, and they were, they were always mentioning La Cobrita. Well, she used to be the Cobrita then. Now she's La Cobra because she's older. Yeah, she's a, little, she's a mother of three. She's a little bit more mature. She deserves to step yeah. up to being La Cobra. Yeah, and I'd heard from other female boxers. Oh, yeah, there's this woman from the – because she used to live in the high desert area. And when she, she moved down here and she started boxing again, uh, 
you could tell that um, well, when she put on the gloves one day in the gym, uh, people were talking about, hey, she's coming back, and uh, and she's for real. She's not uh, uh, a myth. She's for real. Now, at 28 years old, she did mention, 28, 29 years old, she did mention in that interview that we had with her, uh, if you go and scroll into our the history of our podcast, you'll find it. Uh, face-to-face with Adelaida Reese. She says that she's kind of like on a fast track. She wants to retire, not soon, obviously, but she has a date in mind of when she wants to stop. Obviously, we mentioned she's a mother of three. She has a family. She has a job, but she wants to see what would happen. And, and um, you know, she's on the fast track. She wants to do a couple more fights and then look for a promoter that would support her and, and give her the support that she needs to to be able to look for a world title. She wants to be a world champion, obviously. So, you know, being East LA, starting to prove that she's a, a viable ticket seller, and now that Golden Boy Promotions, um, Golden Boy Promotions is a you know a bit of a player now in female boxing. I don't see why they wouldn't be interested in Adelaide Reese. I, I know that her age might not be uh, something that's enticing for a promoter, but Maricela Cornejo, who they just signed, uh, is you know close to thirty, I believe. 30 years old in, in a much more difficult weight class to get opponents and, and make fights at super middleweight and middleweight than Adelaide Rodriguez was right. I mean, right in the middle of, of uh, you know, super flyweight, bantamweight and, and those type of uh, weight classes. So, and she, and, and, you know, not to ruffle any feathers or anything, but even though Marlene Esparza is there and, uh, and, uh, Estrada to Hisp- I don't want to use the word Hispanic, Mexican Americans, you know, one from LA, one from Houston, Texas. Yeah. Adelaide Ruiz could be the uh, Fernando Vargas to Sinés Estrada's Oscar de la Hoya, if you if you know where I'm going with it. Yeah, yeah, I mean she's right in the um, in their area, and uh, well, not just for Golden Boy too, but for top rank or any major promoter should be taking Boxing a look at her. Boxing 360, yeah. Mr. Tom Loeffler, who signed Luisa Harden. But what I mean with the Fernando Vargas is, remember, David, and you were right in the thick of it. You're, oh, you're yeah. the the you're the guy. Is that certain certain Mexican Americans supported David uh, Oscar De La Hoya? I'm sorry, and then certain other Mexicans or Mexican Americans supported Fernando Vargas, and it was a a, a battle of who was more Mexican, right? <laughs> and, That's right. <laughs> and I'm not I'm not saying that Adelaide Ruiz or Inés Estrada have those same opinions about each other or about themselves, but you know, you can kind of see which way it goes with that with how I would identify uh, Ruiz with Fernando Vargas and Sinesa with Oscar de Loya, you know. And so I think that that would be a great fit especially in LA and let's see what happens. Now on the on the same card and quite possibly, David, except for the last fight, with, actually the semi-main event, which was a, a, a male, two men fighting, the two best fights of that night at the Commerce Casino were Adelaide Reese and this other fight between lightweight Lisa Porter, who fought to a majority draw against Kazakhstanian first-timer Aida Satibaldinova in a four-rounder. The scores were 39-37 for Porter, 39-37 for Sati Baldinova, and then an even 38-38. David, how did you score it, or which way were you leaning towards when the scores were read? I actually had a draw. Mm. Right down the middle, two to two. But I actually kind of... 
Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Uh, what was that? Go ahead. No, go ahead, dude. Uh, oh, it was one of those fights. In fact, when they made it, because uh, I was talking to the the manager of Sati uh, Baldenova, and I was saying, you know what? Um, it's going to be a close fight. It's one of those fights you need to go at least six or eight rounds because they're, they're both high-quality fighters. They should be fighting six or eight rounds because in the prior fight, Lisa Porter fought at 10 rounds, and then she was dropping down to yeah. four. It just wasn't fair. It wasn't fair to yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. she fought to uh... – she fought to uh, for the NABF title against uh, uh, wasn't it? Barrios is the last name Selena, I forgot her first Selena, Selena Barrios. Selena Barrios. Yeah. So I mean, when you're fighting these kind of cards, these these um, these um, club shows, you know, it has to, a lot to do with the economics of it, and the, and and maybe the promoter didn't want to spring for the extra rounds because none of the fights were longer than six rounds. I think the longest fight that was scheduled was a six rounder. None of them went past six rounds. So, yeah. um, you know, too bad for that. But on the line with us now is none other than former WBC silver super featherweight champion and current title challenger, Miss Melissa St. Ville, all the way from New York City. Melissa, is that you? Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> there you go, folks. Yes, we have Miss Miss Melissa Saintville, originally from the beautiful island of Haiti, but now hailing and fighting out of is it Brooklyn, New York, Melissa? Brooklyn, yeah, yeah. Yep, from Brooklyn, New York, the land of of none other than Iron Mike Tyson, but also Riddick Bowe and uh, Shannon Briggs, among others. So. Thank you for being with us for like the third or fourth time. I think you're like the one that we've had the most on here. We love it on the two minute round. <laughs> Your hooks and jabs look at the female yeah. boxing world. Yeah. So I'm going to pass the baton, Melissa, to Mr. David Avila. David, go right ahead. Hi, Melissa. How are you? Hey, I'm good. Good. I'm glad you could call us. I'm sorry we were taking away from your sleep time. I know you got to sleep for your temperature. <laughs> it's <coming>. okay. <laughs> So, Melissa, what are you doing differently for this fight? I know you're fighting in Finland. It's overseas. You're not a stranger to fighting overseas. You fought in China. You fought in New Zealand. What do you have to do differently mm-hmm. to prepare for a world title fight like this? I mean, I prepare like I prepare for any other fight. You know, we just, you know, um, we have a good, strong camp. Um, I'm just staying focused, you know. I'm preparing like I will for any other fight because, you know, I'm always tired away. You know, I'm the one always come to these girls' hometown, so I'm always I'm always ready. Do, do you have to study a lot of videotape of your opponent? And if you did, what do you see that she does good? Uh, no, I don't look at videos. Cause you know, I, I just rather go to the fight, and then I figure I figure her out in the first round. Videos, some, you know, videos, sometimes they, I, don't, I just don't look at them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't look at the videos. So, have you fought a lot of uh, fighters from Europe in the past? Uh, I don't think, no. Nope. Okay, so, so, it's going to be like an experience for you. This may be, she may have a style you've never seen. And um, 
So you really don't care what kind of style she has it. You're just gonna adjust. Her out in the first round, and you know, like Mike Tyson said, everybody got to play until they get hit. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. So, so to prepare for this fight, um, one of the good things about being in New York is that you you have a a lot of female fighters there. And um, oh who, yes, who did I did. Uh, well. Shout out to all my spawn partners, Heather Hardy, Ronica Jeffrey, um, Federica, Liddy Feliciano, um, and Gogo. So um and Helen Joseph. And yeah, Helen Joseph. Yep. So shout out to all of them. Thank you for all the sparring. <laughs> so you you have some pretty good sparring. Yeah. First class yeah, those yeah, those are some heavy hitters, different styles. They all have different styles. Just everything was different, so I, I definitely got good work. So when when you're sparring against uh, talented uh, uh, fighters like that, um, do you have to pace yourself, or do you just go all out and say, "Well, let's just do it"? All different. Like for instance, Helen Joseph. She fights lefty, comfortable. She fights righty. You know, she did a, little sw- a lot of switching up with me. Veronica Jeffrey, very slick, very fast, very technical. Heather Hardy, very strong, very aggressive. Gogo, very fast, very aggressive. Nydia, just nonstop in your chest. You know, so they all bust something different to the table. So do you feel that when they changed the date that they did you a favor because they gave you more time to prepare? I mean, I was always ready. And, I mean, I know it's boxing, so it happens. Yeah, because you didn't seem upset at all. In fact, uh, even Wallstrom didn't seem upset either. It seemed like they – it 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 happens, you know. It's not like this is the yeah. first time it happened to me, you know. Or you know, a date got canceled or whatever. This is part of boxing. This is what happens. So I'm just like, okay, you know. <laughs> and you're fighting for the WBC title, the the, the gold one. Um, this is your first time fighting for that one. Does that does it bring anything different to you, or does it matter? Oh, I'm very excited to um, be fighting for the WBC gold. Um, I'm really happy, and I'm happy that I got this opportunity. So I'm excited. I'm I'm ready to go. What are, What are your friends telling you? Are they Are you going with anybody else? Uh, who, who's going with you, Chip? And then? Oh, you know my regular team, my coach. You know everybody. My brother. Well, my brother's coming. This will be his first or second time seeing me fight. So, um, you know, just the regular team and my brother, the new addition. And what about in Haiti? Do they know about this fight? Yes, they do. I've been seeing it online, so <laughs> everybody knows. <laughs> when do you when do you leave for Haiti? When do I? You mean Finland? When I mean, I'm, when I'm, I'm ready when for you leave? Finland. <laughs> well, yeah, when do you leave Finland? <laughs> we leave this Sunday. Oh, okay. So you're leaving pretty early. Okay. Well, mm. so let me pass you over. Let me pass you over to Felipe. I know he has some questions to you too. Hey, Melissa. So you're leaving on Sunday. Is that something that you're comfortable with, or would you rather have left 
um, a little bit earlier to Finland to get kind of, you know, the the weather, the the time, or anything like that. Anytime I have a, um, anytime I have to go away for a fight, it's well, I'm always there for a week, so um, no difference to me. I could adjust really quick. You mentioned that you don't really like to watch a lot of video of your opponents. You like to figure out in the first round. But I've, I got to believe that you've seen a little bit of video of Eva just to see what she's bringing to the table, right? Uh, somebody, somebody showed me. I just looked, honestly, I looked at one second of it, and I was like, oh, all right, whatever. <laughs> mm. But, you know, so, I, I'm, not, I'm not really somebody who looks at videos. Yeah. So – with what you saw in that one second, which one of the of those all those sparring partners that you mentioned that you had, which one do you think matches up the closest to uh, your next opponent's style? And none of them. None of them. You think they're my, my my sparring my sparring. I I think my sparring is tough. Is more has more skill than my opponent. Like I mean, I just. Named you a few talented girls: Helen Joseph, Veronica Jeffrey, Heather, Frederica, Lydia, Feliciano. These are girls that have good boxing skills. Mm-hmm. Now, and I think it is. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Now finish up your thought, please. Uh, and I was saying that like, you know, just a little bit that I seen from um, the video, um, my sparring got more more skills. Okay. Now, you've gone to other cities, but this is the first time that you're going to be fighting somebody in their home country. So, obviously, you've been around the boxing world. You're you're somewhat of a veteran, at least in female boxing is concerned, with um, you know 16 fights. You got to be a little bit worried about what can happen in somebody's hometown against the undefeated fighter and against. Uh, the champion. So what are your thoughts about that? I mean, what can you do to kind of sway things your way a little bit in her home country? I mean, I'm def. I definitely, I will not leave it in the judge's hands. I mean, I know, I know how it can get, you know, be in her hometown and she's like a big star over there. I mean, we prepared properly. So I'm going to do my part, you know, in the fight and, um, just won't leave it in the judge's hands because I know how that can go sometimes and just do my part. That's it. Listen to my corner and, you know, just fight, fight hard. And there you have it, folks. David, any other, uh, any other questions you want to leave Melissa? And, uh, it's kind of it's late out there in New York. She needs to get her sleep because she has to get up tomorrow morning and run the streets of Brooklyn. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Melissa, well, we, we hope to talk to you after you win the title and come back. Yes, thank you. <laughs> hey, there you go. There you go, folks. Uh, world title challenger Melissa Singville, who will be challenging for the world title on April 6th in Finland against champion Eva Wallström. We thank her for being here on the two-minute round. Your hooks and jabs look at the female boxing world. Have a good night, Melissa, and we wish you all the luck in the world. Thank you so much. Toodles. Bye. Good night. And there you have it, folks. Melissa Sainville again here on the two-minute round. The hooks and jabs look at the female boxing world. You want to join us and talk about female boxing, you can do so at 323-580-5735. 
323-580-5735. And we left off before we were joined by uh, Melissa St. Ville speaking about Lisa Porter and the majority draw against Aida Satibaldinova. David was mentioning that he saw it as an even draw. I was leaning a little bit, David, maybe three rounds to one with Lisa Porter, just because I think that she was landing that right hand uh, from the second round on when her coach, when her trainer told her that that's the punch that was going to make a difference in the fight, that if she could, if she could, um, which I think she did to a certain extent, um, create some distance and catch uh, Sati Valdinova when she was coming in, that that was going to be the secret to her success. And I did kind of see her do that more than, than what Sati Valdinova was doing, that despite being from Kazakhstan and expecting, you know, this Eastern European uh, educated fighter, she was just a, a, a ball of, of action, just a whirlwind, just going in there oh, yeah. a lot of times head first, head first and throwing punches. So that's why I leaned against Porter. I'm not going to argue with the draw, but, you know, I think it deserves a rematch. I agree. I agree that it should be a six-rounder just because the the styles match up a certain way, um, that it deserves a couple more rounds to kind of define who the winner would be. But we'll see if uh, – if, um, uh, What's the name of the promoter out there? Uh, All Star Ed Holmes. Yeah, Ed Holmes. See if he wants to put that together. And I and I don't know if he'll be able to convince Lisa Porter to jump in the ring um, that quickly with with this kind of style because obviously she felt she won after the fight. Actually, uh, we have um, the interview that I conducted with Lisa Porter after the fight, and you could hear the the disappointment in her voice. Let's go to that interview right now. Lisa, what did you know about your opponent before this fight? I knew she was going to come in like a brawler like she did. Did she surprise you actually at how aggressive she was? Um, no, I had, I had an idea that she was going to be aggressive and throw a lot of punches, not have a lot of head movement. Now your, your corner was telling you that you needed to keep your distance and throw the one-two, which when you did it was working. Did she make it a little bit difficult to do that because of her aggressiveness? She was she was more sloppy than I thought that she would be. Um, so yeah, there's times when I caught my rhythm and I was I had a good distance where I was able to hit her, and then sometimes she came rushing in. So now you're coming off a majority decision loss last December to Silvia Barrios, a fighter that, although aggressive, not as sloppy as as uh, the Kazakhstanian. So do you feel that? As of right now, with your record, you just can't catch a break? Um, kind of. I mean, I, I know I'm a, a, good, a good boxer, and, um, yeah, I've had a couple of tough fights, so, um, I don't know, I guess just back to the gym and work at it again. And there you have it, uh, Lisa Porter, seconds after finishing up that fight against Sati Baldinova. David, what are your thoughts about her comments? Uh, yeah, well, you know, she, you can tell that she was very skilled and for her to be that skilled and yet suffer a loss and a draw. I mean, I can understand the disappointment because, uh, in the amateur world, you know, she, she was pretty good, but in the pro world, it's a little different. Uh, you have a different style of, of fighting instead of, uh, 
touch and go. It's it's hit and hurt, and that's the difference mm. between the amateurs and pros. And she's not a hit and hurt type of fighter. And because of that, you know, she she doesn't get the favor of the judges all the time. Good point. Now we also had a chance to speak to Aida Aida Satibaldinova, who, despite not being too long here in the United States, her English is not great, but it's it's good enough to understand her thoughts. And we had a chance to speak about her with her. I'm sorry, and she basically wasn't as disappointed with her performance as Lisa Porter was with the result. Let's listen to Aida. Aida, what do you think of the fight? Uh, Yes, I'm uh, very happy because uh, it was my uh, debut uh, in USA. I I like this country, of course. Uh, I like uh, my team here because uh, they uh, helped me um, to be uh, my dream. My dream be uh, champion, world of champion. And uh, I sleep in thinking about it. Uh, I'm eating thinking about it. Uh, this is my life. And uh, today, uh, um, I think uh, I was not bad. Yeah, uh, I feel good. It's uh, next time, of course, I will. Today, I um, I know what I need and uh, to be champion. I will working hard, and next time I will. Uh, only win, only victory. What What was the toughest thing about uh, Lisa Porter's style that you found today in the ring? For me, it's no, not problem. Uh, for me, she's uh, she looks like it's, uh, another opponent. Uh, she's not hard for me. Yes. So if you said that you, if you had to work on one thing for your next fight, what would that be? Uh, if we will again meet with Lisa Porter. Or just you, just your style. What do you think you need to work on in your next fight that would be better now? A lot of jab and uh, move. A lot of move. Jab, move, and uh, I like my style. My style is aggression. Yes, I like. Uh, I like uh, show, making show. I don't like it's. Uh, um, just it. What is uh, it? Uh, look like it's a game for who is not afraid. I'm not afraid to fight. Uh, so uh, next time, of course, I need to working a lot of jab and making uh, move. And there you have it, Aira Satibaldinova, very satisfied with her performance. And as we already know about Kazakh's fighters, you know she she wants to be a world champion. She's here to work. She says she sleeps, dreams eat about being a world champion and one other thing uh, in line with uh, with what we've seen from Kazakh fighters is you know she wants to put on a show she's not here to play games she wants to put on a show David yeah yeah in fact um, back uh, I was told by her manager that in Kazakhstan that four or five newspapers uh, wrote on her fight in the U.S. with a big wow. thing over there she's very well known over there well, well, there you go. There's somebody to follow. I mean, especially if you're, you know, a fan of Kazakh fighters and they are making inroads. I obviously with Gennady Triple G Golovkin, they're making inroads in the on the world stage of boxing. So now we have a a female, uh, ver- not version of Gennady Golovkin, but a, a, a representative. But another Kazakh fighter who really doesn't go around saying she's from Kazakhstan, as far as I've seen. But she is from Kazakhstan, but fighting out of Germany is uh, Christina Hammer. 
Very true, very true. She's the world champion. Now, moving on to Saturday, March 24th from Saltillo, Coahuila in Mexico. Sanford gave us through the Azteca channel. Annabel Ortiz, La Vispa Ortiz, uh, defending her world title, her WBA 105-pound title, for the 10th time against Venezuelan Deborah Rengivo. Scores there were 199-91 and 98-92. Now, originally, she was supposed to face Etuco Tada, which was going to be the third fight between them, but for no reason given, she the fight did not happen, and um, she ended up fighting Renjivo, which was also a rematch, David. They had fought pre- about a couple years ago with Anabel Ortiz winning that fight as well, so she ended up scoring a pretty dominating unanimous decision, so let's see what comes next for Anabel Ortiz. I had heard rumors last year that she would be moving up in weight but it doesn't seem like she's doing that anytime soon since she's defending, she's still defending this WBA title. Now, finally, in our fight results on Sunday, March 25th, from the Okada Manila Hotel and Casino in Manila, Philippines, Casey Morton scored a unanimous decision against Nongmoy Kokietjim in a 10 rounder for the vacant WBO Asia Pacific flyweight title. Scores there were 100 to 93 times. This fight originally was supposed to be a, a, uh, a eight rounder, but it was elevated to a ten rounder, and then a uh, a uh, regional WBO title was uh, attached to it. And now Casey Morton is a the Asia Pacific WBO world well champion, not world champion, but champion with the scores of 100 to 93 times. It was first time going ten rounds, David, uh, and she stays undefeated with seven wins, three draws, and one knockout. Yeah, and the girl she fought was not very bad. She had a pretty decent record. And uh, so that was the first time she she fought a girl with a winning record and a, a, mm-hmm. a good winning record. So her talent was proven. Yeah, and, and actually the the fighter that she fought, at one time she fe- she held the, the WBC silver minimum, minimum weight title. So like you mentioned, David, she did have a good record. She was actually... She she now stands at 13 wins, four losses, three draws, and no knockouts. So she still has the winning record. But Casey Morton now working with um, Nonito Donaire's father as her head trainer has improved enough to capture this regional WBO title. So yeah, now we good. move on to the. Go ahead, David. Sorry. No, that was an impressive win. That was the, her. Her first win over uh, a girl with a winning record in a very good fight. Yeah. So now we move on to our female fight chatter, and it was announced very under the radar, but still was made news of that former Olympian Savannah Marshall of England announced to the British press that she split amicably from Mayweather Promotions. Marshall went pro last year in August in Las Vegas on the undercard of Mayweather versus McGregor, but hasn't seen action since, David. So Savannah Marshall, not with Mayweather Promotions anymore. Leila MacArthur, still with Mayweather. Ava Knight just signed with Mayweather. LaTondra Jones, which we haven't heard of in quite a while or heard from in quite a while, technically still with Mayweather Promotions. So what do you, what do you think of the news, David? What do you think it means? Where, where do we see Mayweather promotion as far as in the female fight world? Well, well all it does is it, it kind of just shows that Mayweather promotions 
oh, although their heart is in the right place, they don't have any expertise in the female fight world, and they just don't know who's who. They don't. They they may know who the main players are, but they don't know how to bring a fighter up, and mm-hmm. uh, they just don't have any matchmakers that know the female fight world. Now, Savannah. Now they have Layla MacArthur, who is a veteran who who came on this show right after she signed, and she mentioned she she obviously she was happy that she had signed, but she was kind of gave us the impression, and she actually said, "I remember these words pretty distinctly from that interview." Let's see what happens. Let's see what they do for me, you know. And from what we see, they haven't done much. I mean, she had to go fight in Mexico a couple times um, under, you know. With with her uh, Luis Tapia, her trainer is it Luis or the uh, manager? Yes, Luis. Luis Tapia, yeah. the manager slash trainer, you know, pretty much organizing a fight. She just fought uh, earlier this month for some regional titles as well in uh, in Utah, uh, and we're still waiting to see if Mayweather is going to be able to put up uh, put together the fight against Cecilia Breakout, the fight that Leila MacArthur wants. The IBF did her, their part. Because Leila MacArthur is ranked number one at welterweight by the IBF, so they have ordered the fight, but it's still a matter of Mayweather Promotions and K2 Promotions, who handles Cecilia Breakhouse, to make the fight, and we they haven't done it yet. Um, we would expect that the IBF would order a purse bid, but they have not done that, David. Yeah, it seems uh, it may have to come to that, but I, I mean... What I've heard is that it's really in Mayweather's court. That's what I've heard, that it's Mayweather Promotions is the one that, that is holding up the show. Um, I'm not positive. I mean, I wouldn't, you know, take an oath on it, but, but that's what I've heard. I, I can't substantiate it. But I know Cecilia Breakus is she's all in. She wants this fight, but she doesn't want it to be in a small venue. She wants it to be big. That That's the one thing that she has that she she's asking for. She wants it to be a big banjo. She, she doesn't want it to be at the Texas station in front of 200 people. <laughs> yeah. And then with Ava Knight, another veteran who has fought, who has fought in big fights in, in, in Mexico. She is another fighter who is a veteran that can be promoted a certain way. But the one that they actually had to build up or Latondra Jones, they had to build her up because they got her as a pro debuter and also Savannah Marshall. But I think Savannah Marshall of all of them had the most upside because she was young, former Olympian, and the only fighter to, at this point, ever have beaten Clarissa Shields. Clarissa Shields, in her amateur career, I think she has close to 80 wins and only one loss, and that one loss came to Savannah Marshall. And for Mayweather promotion not to be able to capitalize on that and be able to develop her to the point where they could make a mega fight with Clarissa Shields and have that backstory there, and knowing Clarissa Shields, how competitive she is, she would jump at the chance to try to avenge, which I think she did in the amateurs, avenge that loss. But it would be a lot yeah. bigger to avenge the loss as a pro. Yeah. You know, Mayweather wasn't able Clarissa, to capitalize on that. Go ahead. One thing about Clarissa, she's fearless. She'll fight anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that she would have jumped on the chance of, of, of fighting Savannah Marshall and, and defeating her oh, yeah. as a pro's. But and it can still happen, but Mayweather promotions would not be involved. Yeah. Now, 
It was also announced that former world champion Ibella Roca Zamora from nearby Mexico City will be challenging for the vacant WBC flyweight title, perhaps against American Tyresha Douglas. Um, the title is vacant because Jessica Kikachar is a long-reigning WBC flyweight champion and the diamond champion. She just won it by beating everybody in the flyweight tournament last year, including Esmeralda Moreno in the rematch and um, Fuyoka in the first the first round of that of that Naoko Fuyoka in the first round of that of uh, of that tournament is pregnant. So I believe that I'm not 100 percent sure, but I'm pretty sure that when she comes back and she's ready to fight again, she could go directly to challenge whoever the champion is. But no date yeah. has set. No date has been set or venue for Samora for Samora against perhaps Douglas fight. We do see that Douglas is training. I do follow her on. Uh, social media and she is training but if Samora pulls it off and is able to win because Tyresha Douglas only has one loss on her under her record and has a very controversial loss in in Argentina um she's a tough fighter strong fast uh title in a three divisions David so let's see if that fight materializes yeah yeah that's a that's a it's a great fight actually I would love to see that fight Expected to come back in April on the double bill, also featuring current WBO and WBC middleweight champion Christina Hammer. IBF WBC 168-pound champ Clarissa Shields announced her next fight will be on May 11th. Expected on Showtime, like you mentioned earlier, David, that the date went from April to May. And and it's expected on Showtime uh, still, correct? Yes, yes, it's still going to be a Showtime. I think she's going to be the main event. Yeah, and lastly... The Mexican Jasmine Rosita Rivas will be challenging for the WBA Super Bantamweight title against current world champion Liliana Palmera of Colombia on May 12th. So she was the Bantamweight champion, and she now is looking for a Super Bantamweight title. She has fought in that division previously. She fought um, Amanda Serrano uh, early last year in that division, but now Rosita Rivas will be challenging for the WBA Super Bantamweight title on May 12th against Liliana Palmera of Colombia. That was also announced this week. Very good point. Okay, so uh, now on the last leg of the two-minute round, your hooks and jabs look at the female box run number 44. Our next show will be on April 12th, which is in a couple weeks. Uh, in two Thursdays uh, from now, we'll be coming back on April 12th. But there are some fights happening in the next couple weeks starting off on Monday, April the 2nd, kind of a strange date, and we don't know if it's going to happen or not, and we don't really like to announce TBA fights here, but the reason that I'm going to mention this one, David, is because it is Delphine Persoon, which is considered one of the top three pound-for-pound female fighters in the world, 135-pound WBC champion, and she's scheduling an eight-rounder on a Monday in Belgium, April 2nd, against the TBA, David, Tiffany Best Anderson. So we don't even know if that fight is actually going to happen this Monday, but I, I thought that it was that it merit mentioned because it is Delphine Persoon, one of the top three female fighters in the world. Yeah, I think, um, uh, I, I think they'll get somebody for her just to prepare because I know they got their sights set on Katie Taylor. And now another thing, too, is that the last time that – that she showed at TBA, she ended up fighting. They just didn't report it on to box yep. record until after the fight. Uh, exactly. And then on Friday, April 6th from Argentina, this one also just got thrown out there, but it doesn't matter. You could announce a fight 
for this woman the day before it, it, she's going to pack the house. And that's Jessica Yolanda Tutti Buck will be defending her WBA junior flyweight title in a 10-rounder against Soledad del Valle Frias in her hometown of Buenos Aires, Argentina. So that will be Friday, April 6th. And that Friday, April 6th, is going to be shock full of female fights because, as we just spoke from Helsinki, Finland, Eva Wanstrom will be defending against her, against our guest for tonight's show, Melissa St. Bill, in a 10-rounder for the WBC 130-pound title. David, how tough of a fight does Melissa have? I mean, obviously, she sounds very confident. She sounds like, hey, I'm just going to figure her out in the first round. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm going to go out there and do what I got to do. But she is going to be fighting in Eva Wanstrom's hometown. Eva Wanstrom has never fought anywhere else but in Finland. And Melissa said, at least on paper. So more than likely, it's going to go to the judges. So how hard of a fight does Melissa have out there in Finland? Well, um, she has a hard fight because Eva Wallstrom is a, a strong fighter. She has a good technique. Uh, she's kind of aggressive. But I think um, Melissa St. Bill is a little different from the fighters that she's used to fighting. Melissa's very aggressive when she wants to be. And um, she's, I mean, she mentioned the sparring partner she has from from yes. uh, Ronica Jeffrey to Heather Hardy to to uh, what's that girl, um, Helen Joseph. I mean, those and, are monsters. Yeah. You know? I mean, yeah. Those it, are all it, monsters. I mean, you throw in, you throw in, if you throw in, um, you throw in, uh, Melinda, uh, if you threw in Jennifer Hahn and Jelena Moranovic, you would have the best fighters between 126 and 130 pounds. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can't see Eva Wallstrom being better than those girls. So I, yeah. I expect the best Melissa to show up. She scored a knockout in her last fight. And uh, so, hey, maybe she can continue the power punching. But Eva Wallstrom is no pushover. She's undefeated for a reason. She is very strong. Now, Eva Wallstrom is 37 years old. And Melissa is 34 years old. So not a big advantage in, 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 um, in age. You know, you might say that, you might say that that maybe Melissa is a little bit fresher. So, but I think the the fact that she sparred with all those names that she mentioned to us, and I agree with you, Dave, that as far as being prepared, that's not going to be an issue because you know facing all those different styles at that level, you know, like the Heather Hardys and the Ronica Jeffries and 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 uh, Shelly Vincent and all the at that level, you know. Like you mentioned, Eva Wanstrom, if whatever style she brings to the table, she might, she probably is not going to be better than the style that she already faced in the gym. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, she's primed to, to take that title away if everything goes away, you know. I, I think she needs to win by uh, at least knock her down to mm-hmm. win because uh, – Make, it, mean, a very dominant, very Make yeah, it a very dominant, very convincing. Make it a very convincing judge. Yeah. yeah, yeah, she definitely has to convince the judges that she's the better fighter. Now, uh, from the Badasco Theater in Los Angeles, California, Golden Boy Promotions on Estrella TV is going to give us another headlining main event with a female fighter. This time is Marlene Esparza's chance against Laetitia Campana in an eight-rounder at 115 pounds. David, uh, if you haven't had a chance, and, and you mentioned to me before the show you hadn't, so I urge you to seek out the interview that Marlene Esparza conducted with Mr. Kevin Ioli of Yahoo Sports 
where in typical Marlene Esparza fashion, she is not outspoken, outspoken with her remarks regarding other Olympians um, and the rest of, uh, of, fem- of the female fight world, you know. And she has promised on that interview and in social media posts that we're going to see a more aggressive, better Marlene Esparza on this fight. That's, she kind of gave me the impression that she's seeing this fight as the first fight of her career again, that maybe she wants to start from here on out. So let's see if that happens. You know, one of the critiques that we've had about Marlene Esparza, not only on the show, but the female boxing world in general, is that her opponents have not been too skilled, at, up to par to the experience that Marlene Esparza has. Marlene Esparza has world-class experience with a bronze medal in the 2012 uh, Olympics. Um, but another thing is that because we haven't seen her that often, she has not developed from her amateur style to a pro style, and that takes time, like what we've seen with Michaela Mayer and maybe um, uh, Katie Taylor. We are both of the, uh, in agreement, David, that Mayer is the best proponent of that, of coming from the uh, same Olympic class and showing uh, a very good pro style now. And Marlene Esparza has not developed to that. So let's see if this fight on April 6th, which you're going to be in the house for, shows us that. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to this fight because I know that uh, Golden Boy is talking about matching her with Sinisa Estrada, and uh, they're talking about the summer. And mm. um, that soon, huh? We'll see. Yeah, they're talking about the summer, matching them up uh, on the main event, and uh, you know, may the best person win. Now, David, does it make sense to match up those two women that are quite possibly? Um, the most popular American fighters besides Clarissa Shields um, so early on and maybe not for a title? Uh, maybe so. Maybe they'll try and make it a title. But I think um, I think they, they, they see it as that, uh, well, they're both the same weight class. We know that, you know, where Sanisa is, but we don't know where Marlon is. And I think they don't want to, to, for somebody like Marlon to be uh, derailed by some, a nobody, if it's going to be somebody, it might as well be one of their own fighters. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yes, no, I do agree. Well, we're going to see, we're going to see what she shows on April 6th and see if after that fight, if she looks good, they might not want to because they want to develop her. They're gonna probably want to do it for the same, for the reason you just gave. That if somebody's gonna beat her, it might as well be one of their own. And if it's gonna be one of their own, it's gonna be Sinés Estrada because Maricela Cornejo weighs about fifty pounds more than either one of them. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a that's a fact. Of, they want to showcase. I mean, and Marlon already has an international fame. Sinisa needs that international fame. She's only known here in Southern California. The rest of the country doesn't mean you know Sinisa. Yeah. But, yeah. They, no, and, and, but then but then, but then what do you but then what do you do with Marlene Esparza? I mean Marlene Esparza, I mean she has the she has the she has a personality because she's very outspoken. She has the yeah. sponsorship. She's been sponsored by McDonald's. She's sponsored by uh Cover Girl. Uh she's had the the 
she's been uh, featured on ESPN's Body Issue, the magazine, and 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 cover and covers of other magazines and things like that. Um, I don't know, man. It, it doesn't sound it doesn't sound like it's something that is a very smart thing to to do to not develop this fighter a little bit more and try to squeeze everything you can out of Marlene Esparza and her popularity. Yeah, well, you know, I'm not saying that the Sumis are just going to run over because Marlon is very, she's, Marlon is a good athlete. I mean, she's won world international competition. She's got speed. She's just learning the pro game, though, So, which has been a little difficult for her. But maybe she's ready. She does have the natural speed. Uh, she knows how to fight. She just doesn't know how to translate it into power. But, uh, you know, I think she can give anybody problems, including Sumisa, even though Sumisa's probably ahead of the game. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, as far as the pro game, she is ahead of the game. But uh, Esparza, I mean, she's no slouch, and she knows how to fight. She's fast, and she's very smart. And one thing that she does say in that interview with Kevin Aioli is that she's very surprised that and I think it's a, it's a great way to see things. Not that I necessarily agree with what she said, but she says that she's very surprised that people actually think that Sinesa Estrada can compete with her, you know? So I find that a very bold statement on her part. You know, she's confident, you know? Other other confident fighters might say, well, she's a great fighter. I think it's going to be a great fight. I think I beat her, but I think it's going to be a tough fight. She doesn't even say that. She says, I can't believe people actually believe that Sinesa Estrada can compete with me. So I find that a very bold statement by Marlene Esparza. Yeah, yeah, it is. Well, you know, good for her, good for her confidence, you know, that she has that self-confidence because that's what you need as a as a good fighter. You need confidence. You can't go in there yes. thinking, oh, I don't know if I could beat her. <laughs> yeah. And now, the same night on March, on April 16th, uh, from the Tyndall Armory in Indianapolis, Indiana, we have the NBF Bantamweight champion, not defending her title, but Rosalinda Rodriguez, who I haven't seen since she actually beat year, I believe, for that same title against Brendan Hart in a Schedule 4 rounder, 126 pounds, David. So, a fighter that we haven't seen much of, who knows if she still holds that NABF title, because I know that the NABF is very quick in stripping if you don't defend quickly, or at least in a lot of time that they give you. But she is scheduled to come back April 6th, Indianapolis, Rosalinda Rodriguez against Brendan Hart in a four-rounder. And lastly, on Saturday, April 7th, from Austria, Eva Vorenberger will face Nina Radovanic, Radonovic in a 10-rounder for the international interim, sorry, interim WBC 118-pound title. And from the Hard Rock Casino in Las Vegas, Nevada, Mayweather Promotions on Showtime. The main event is going to be uh, Aries Landy Lara against uh, um, Heard, forgot his first name. I think it's uh, Jared. Jared Heard uh, in a unification on 154-pound title. But hopefully on Showtime Extreme or maybe on the Showtime app or maybe on YouTube that Showtime has been broadcasting their undercards. Ava Knight will be facing Mexican Mayela Perez in a six-rounder in the 112-pound division. And I believe David, the last time that she was supposed to fight, I think it was earlier this month, if not February. Ava, they were not able to secure an opponent for Ava Knight, but Mayela Perez, a veteran, she's fought everybody, David, in that is no, She's not going to not fight. If she signs the contract and is being announced, 
she's going to fight. So I believe that we do have a fight for Ava Knight on April 7th. Very good. Very good. I may even try and be there. I'm going to try and make that fight card. Um, it's uh, cutting it close because the day before I'll be watching Marlon in L.A. Mm. But we'll try and make that fight at the Hard Rock. 32-year-old David from Saltillo, Coahuila, 19 wins, 21 losses, four draws, David. But Ms. Mayela Perez, she's a tough customer. I've seen her fight plenty of times, and she's fought everybody. She's fought Ana Razola. She's fought in, uh, Esmeralda Moreno. She's fought Ana, Ana Maria Torres, the great Ana Maria Torres. She's fought WBA 105-pound champion. She's fought Karina Moreno, Jessica Kika Chavez, Melissa McMorrow, Holly, Holly Dunaway. I mean, a lot of those are losses. But there weren't easy wins for none of these fighters whatsoever, David. Uh, Roca Zamora, Cindy Amador, uh, Jocelyn uh, Reese, La Princesa Tapatia. She's faced everybody, David. So Ava Knight not having fight in two or three rounds. Great fighter. The favorite in this fight. But this is a tough fight for the first, for the first fight in three years, David. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. This is a it's a war and her first fight. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so hopefully, uh, when is this fight? April seventh, huh? Yes. I don't, I don't know, David. Um, did you already did you already um, did you already um, solicit a credential? No, no, but I'll probably just uh, buy a ticket. Okay. Well, you know what? I, I might, I might, I might have to make this trip with you, David. So let's let's see, let's see if we if, let's see if we can put this together and we we drive over there exactly. and uh, and yeah. and we check it out. All right, folks. So there you have it. That is the upcoming calendar for the next couple of weeks. Our April twelfth show is next uh, in the next couple of Thursdays. Um, anything else, David? For you? Uh, no, I'm just excited about uh, all the female action coming up. Think David broke up a little bit. Are you there, David? Oh, so yeah, I'm still here. <laughs> oh, okay, go ahead, because you kind of broke up a little bit. Yeah, no, we're all excited about the action coming up next week, especially um, back-to-back night, and looking forward to it. Yes, I, I feel the same thing. I, I think that the, that uh, Marlene Esparza fight is going to be a great fight. We're going to see where she's at. Obviously, we're waiting to see what happens with Miss Melissa Saintville and, and Eva Wallstrom. And then, oh, like we just mentioned, with that Ava Knight-Mayela-Pettis is going to be a barn burner. What's that, David? I forgot to mention that uh, Amaris Quintana won by uh, knockout last oh, yeah. Saturday in Tijuana. Yes, that was the first did. fight in a couple of years. Yeah, we didn't include it on our... on Because our, we didn't know about the fight on our last show. But yeah, she fought Dulce Galavisa, somewhat of a tough fighter from uh, down south, from Sinaloa. And for... for uh, Amaris Quintana to score a knockout in her first fight back in a couple of years does say something, David, because she's not really known as a as a knockout artist. And not only that, the girl came in at 113, and uh, Amaris came in at 108. <laughs> yeah, that's one thing that that Amaris has very bad luck with that she can never catch a break when it comes to the weight and her opponent's weight. So uh, thank you for uh, reminding us of that fight, David. And there you have it, folks. Look for us on our next show, April 12th, where we're more than likely are going to have a special guest with an interview. And then hopefully we also have some recorded interviews that we've actually done out in the field. So without further ado, uh, have a good night. This is the two-minute round, your hooks and jabs look at the female fight world.
Take care. And now, your show, Two Minute Round.